You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. The same approach means the same results. Pretty simple, right? That's why Yukonuba imagined a new kind of canine nutrition over 50 years ago and why they continue to now. The new premium performance lineup harnesses the power of nutritional science to create formulas that hold nothing back. Check them out at yukonubasportingdog.com. Welcome to episode two of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson. And before I get started, I just have to say a big thank you to every person out there who has messaged me, who has left a review on Apple Podcast. Uh, it's meant the world to me. Uh, from the response of episode one that dropped last week, uh, it just got me so encouraged and just excited for what's to come with the Upland Rookie Podcast. Uh, I have to thank my sponsors, uh, Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food. Check them out at yukonubasportingdog.com. I've been feeding my dogs the 3020 blend for a few months now. Uh, they've been doing great on it. Uh, energy levels have been fantastic. Uh, highly recommend the Yukonuba 3020 Premium Performance. On today's episode, I get to talk with Nick Martin, uh, the Iowa bird chaser, uh, all about his adventures and his goals uh, of harvesting a rooster in all 99 counties of Iowa. Now, that's not all we talk about. Uh, we talk about a whole bunch of things, including turkey hunting, uh, his love for his bird dog, and a little bit about his season coming up. And I don't know about you, but hearing about Nick's goal of harvesting a rooster in all 99 counties of Iowa, it's got me so excited. It's got me inspired to get out there even more this coming season. And what more I'm hoping is that it helps you or, or can inspire you to set some goals for maybe this coming season for you, uh, maybe some goals for you and your dog or, or a group of people that you hunt with. I hope this can encourage you. Uh, maybe you, you can set a goal of, of harvesting a bird. Maybe you haven't harvested a bird before, uh, or maybe you haven't uh, hunted a state that you've always wanted to try. Maybe this can inspire you to make plans, put pen to paper, and, and try to accomplish your own personal goals. Um, before we jump in to the interview, I have a listener question. This is from This Dog Hunts uh, on Instagram. Uh, they write, "What made you love the Brittany?" Whew, that's a that's a it's gonna, gonna could be a long question or a long answer to that question. Uh, I fell in love with the Brittany uh, back when I first got started upland hunting. I was hunting on a preserve or a hunt club with my dad, and the hunt club provided a guide for us as uh, neither of us had our own dogs. We were kind of just getting into it. And this guide, Bill, had two Britneys. Uh, their names were Gage and Ace. And Bill was fantastic. Uh, I still call him probably my hunting mentor. 
Um, I knew him for several years. Uh, he attended my dad's funeral when my dad passed away uh, a few years ago. And Bill and I have stayed in touch over the years. We, we talk bird dogs. We talk about, uh, he's still guiding in Illinois. Um, really love this guy, Bill. But um, yeah, I fell in love with these dogs, watching them work, uh, watching them work the field and retrieve and watching them go on point and also seeing them back at the truck, seeing them in the lodge that we'd hang out in after a hunt and just see how, how their temperament was. Um, I, I loved it. I fell in love and, and you can call it nostalgia or whatnot, but I did fall in love with the breed. And I told myself if I ever got a bird dog that it would be a Brittany. So sure enough, uh, when it came time for us to, to get a dog and get a bird dog, let alone, uh, I saw a litter of Britneys come up and I just knew it was for me. And ever since, I've been building my my uh, my personal dogs here. I have a French Brittany and an American Brittany, and I love the breed. I don't foresee changing that. Um, there are some amazing dog breeds out there that I would love to own, uh, hunt over, you name it. I, I think whatever dog gets you out into the uplands is the right dog for you. It does not have to be a Brittany. Um, it can be whatever dog you enjoy hunting with that, that helps you find game and it helps you have a great time out in the field is the right dog for you. So, uh, this dog hunts. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, if you have a question, uh, feel free to message me on Instagram at upland underscore Brits or shoot me an email uh, at upland Brits dot or upland Brits at gmail.com. Still getting used to saying that. Anyways, we're going to jump into the interview with Nick Martin. Last year, well, 2019, technically. Yeah. No, actually, it was 2020. We were in Minneapolis in February, and then March, the world shut down. Oh, it's so it was like we were at an before. event with 100,000 people, and then 30, not even 30 days later, they're like, you can't be around anybody six feet. Oh, my God. I'm like, I survived. That's where it started. That's where it started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my wife went up there, and she was like, you know what I would call that? That's like a man's craft show. Because I go to oh, craft shows you, with her and you I told me this. craft shows. Yes, you told me this. We were talking about this on. Uh, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, if you've never been, well, I think it's definitely it's great to go. Oh, and yeah. It, and just to see the different. Pro that's kind of what I like to nerd out on is I'm a big gear junkie. So I just oh, like totally. to see all the new products coming on the market. Oh, dude, we, this might be a long conversation if we're both gear junkies. <laughs> that's OK. <laughs> dude, I am pumped um I yeah like me your too i like your uh your iowa bird chaser hat too that's sweet i just uh, appreciate it i just got these upland brit ones i don't know if you can see this yeah yeah not too that's long ago sick. So, i know it turned out really good the brit on the rock is that like a mountain yeah yeah my brother designed it um turned out really good just yeah i i told him very little about what i do he's not a hunter which is the funny part and uh he's threw some mountains in there for colorado and you know it yeah turned out, it turned out great so that's awesome. It's a funny story. Do you story. follow the Ringnecks and Retrievers? Yeah. Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I just came, when I was telling you I had a little network meeting, I just yeah. came with Tyler from Ringnecks and Retrievers. Oh, nice. I just came for meeting with him. He lives oh, in the right same on. town that I do. Oh, um, I didn't know you guys were that close. Because the first time I met you, it was on the po uh, Power Hour, like two months ago. Yeah. That was yep. the first time I yep. ever even heard of you. And I was like, oh, who is this Nick guy? Yeah. Those things have been awesome. He just did another one. That thing was great. 
Yeah. Uh, there wasn't too many people in the last one. I know it kind of dictates everyone's schedules, but oh, it's sure. just I, what I like to hear is just what, what, where everybody else is coming from. Cause I mean, you know, a lot of people have these different Instagram accounts, you know, some of the more prominent people, but I, I just like meeting guys like yourself and myself that are just out there kind of hitting it and working it. And yeah. What, what's your experience? What can absolutely. you share with me that I can no, learn absolutely. from? Vice versa? I mean, dude, that's, I mean, that's why I'm, I started this podcast to some degree was, I'd, I'd be listening to podcasts and I'll, I'll just blaze through so many hours of podcasts and they've actually been a huge part in just my story and getting into upland hunting and bird dog training. And so they've been really valuable to me. So I'm like, there's questions like I'm, as I'm listening, I'm like, Oh, I wish I would ask this to this person or ask that. And so I'm like, you know what? Uh, screw it. Let me just start my own and, and talk with people and just, yeah, just talk bird dogs and, and hunting. That's, that's really my goal. And I think that, um, you know, I think if you're in the bird dog community, you can feel like there's a lot of podcasts out there, but in my opinion, there's really not. And so yeah. I think it's great that you're doing this will and just add into the toolbox as far as, you know, upland hunting and talking to fellow hunters that we can all listen to while we're out there on the road and just learn from each other. I think, yeah. you know, I'm a big proponent. We'll probably talk about this a little bit in the podcast, but I'm a big believer in, you know, we, we cannot can continue we cannot continue as hunters kind of a mouthful there um without each other and i know um i'm just like everybody else we don't want to give away our honey holes but at the same time if we don't share information with one another um we're a dying breed unfortunately oh dude you are so right with that even when it comes to i mean not just hunting but dog training i would not and again i'm i'm a below average dog trainer when it comes to to i'm right dogs. there with you yeah and working them <laughs> But I wouldn't even be where I am now if it wasn't for some mentors in my my own life and then also the Upland community online and, and through Instagram. I'm just like, hey, you know, my dog's doing this or I ran into this issue. Like, it's just so cool to have people that are are similar, going through similar things. So you can bounce ideas off or just be like, hey, I had a really shitty training <laughs> time with my dog. Like, what do I do? Um, so that's a really cool aspect. Absolutely. Well, dude, I, um, let's let's back up a tiny bit. Uh, we, we just got started here right off the gun. Tell us a little about who you are and also just put us on a map. Where are you in the country? OK, perfect. So I'm in I'm in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, so kind of more on the eastern side of the state of Iowa, if anybody's familiar with our state. Um, and it is a town of about one hundred and fifty thousand people. So, you know, not a not a big metropolis area but um you know definitely not a small town iowa town okay more of a city how close are you to the illinois border uh border so i'm about an hour and 45 minutes from the illinois border okay so i grew up in chicago so not super far yeah. away but yep so it takes me about three and a half hours to get to chicago i actually lived okay. there for about a year when i was a little younger oh nice nice right on right on um it, so and then last question how close are you to pella iowa Pella, Iowa, we're about two hour and a half, two hours, okay. I would say. Okay, cool. Cause that's where I got my, uh, my French Brittany from last September. Drove out. To oh Pella. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What kennel was that? That was out of Trinity kennels. Okay. It's a yep. Josh and uh, Josh and John, maybe I'm blanking on the names, but um, great, yeah. great family, great dogs. So definitely I, I'll rave about them. Um, well, awesome, man. So I, I got to ask you, tell me, I, I, so again, I met you the first time on the Ringnecks and Retrievers Power Hour a couple months back, and everyone was kind of mentioning this, this challenge, this Iowa challenge that you're doing. Um, 
tell us a little bit about that? Because I've dug into it a little bit more. I think I know what it is. But why don't you explain to everyone, what is this Iowa challenge of, of harvesting a bird in every county? Is that true? Yeah, so that's so I'm on a goal to harvest a rooster on public land in every county in Iowa, and there's 99 counties in the state of Iowa here. Now, uh, it's interesting, Will, you bring the word out challenge because, you know, I look at this more as a journey. There are some gentlemen that have reached out to me here locally and said, well, I'm going to get there before you or this or that. And I say, you know, congratulations to you if you do. That's great. But if I can recommend one thing is stop and enjoy the Mm -hmm. journey. And that's a key word I keep focusing on is the journey, because that's exactly what this is. is It's a journey. And there are other people that have um, probably done this. I have not heard of anybody that has done this before, but I do know a a couple of fellow hunters that are on this journey themselves in trying to harvest a rooster in every county. And of course, you know, I'm competitive, just like a lot of us are. But at the same time, I just don't want to get caught up in this becoming a challenge. And how quick can we achieve this? Because for me personally, the biggest thing, and we'll probably touch on this a little later is, you know, spreading the word about bird hunting in Iowa and how, you know, we are, we can be, so to speak, an overlooked opportunity. Mm. And then also just, you know, the opportunity of continuing upland hunting as it is a dying sport, I feel like, and, you know, sharing the opportunities with the younger generation. And, you know, if you are interested in getting into hunting, there are people like myself out there that are willing to help and get you engaged and point you in the right direction. Um, so you can, you know, maybe when you get a little older, get your first bird dog and just kind of continue on the path of, you know, conservation hunting and all of the above. So that's awesome, um, man. So I have have a couple, a couple follow-ups with that. Um, first off, I love your outlook on it. I love your outlook of it's really a journey, not a race. Like let's enjoy this while we're doing it. It's just something you can set a goal for yourself and Hey, for you, you're going to try to achieve that goal and, and have fun along the way. So kudos to you. I think that's, that's really cool. Um, a key thing you said in the beginning was public land. That is awesome. So, so is there public land in 99 counties that you know of? So there's public land in 99 counties in the state of Iowa. The bigger question is, are there pheasant on public land in all okay. 99 counties of Iowa? Okay. And that is something that Todd Bogan shoots. He's the head of upland hunting with Iowa DNR. I've spoke to him briefly a while ago. And, uh, he said, you know, that's, a that's an ambitious goal you have good <laughs> luck with it. Um, and, you know, kind of keep me posted along the way. And so I guess my point of that is, is he was kind of saying, you know, there are going to be some tougher counties, sure. uh, to try to harvest these birds in, but at the same time, I, I don't want to overuse the word journey, but it is, it is a journey. It is a story and it is a process. So I, sure. I kind of, how I envision things looking, cause this is going to be going over multiple seasons, how I envision things looking is maybe it will get to there's 10 to 15 counties left and they are the tough ones that don't have roosters on the public ground, or if they do, it is very hard and few and far between. So maybe that becomes you know, maybe the story or the journey becomes more of me building a relationship with a farmer and, you know, telling the story of, of their mm. family farm, you know, maybe over a hundred, 150 years, depends how long they've had it century farms per se. Sure. Um, and just talking about, you know, maybe more showcasing um, just kind of the process of how to build a relationship as a hunter from the city that doesn't have access to public ground or excuse me, private ground Sure. and how to get in there, how to get into private ground. Cause there are opportunities in Iowa to be had on private ground, but it's all about developing relationships and sure. making it reciprocal. 
It's about knocking on that door, keeping, keeping the farmers happy. And, and like you said, building those relationships. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so where you might've said this already, but where are you currently with, with this journey? Uh, how many counties have you checked off? So uh, 2020 was my first 2020, 2021 was my first season going after this. And I set a goal of myself for uh, 10 and I fell short of one. I'm at nine, which when you think of nine of 99, that may not sound like a lot, but you know, every goal, you got to take it in small bite sized pieces. (laughs) It's a start. Um, It's a start. Absolutely. Now, if I could have hit this last season, I probably would be at 15, Will. So, um, you know, if, if I could shoot, I would be at 15 That's... and I would have smashed my goal yep. because I definitely had the opportunities out there. And I learned a lot to take me ahead next season into some yeah. spots I can go back to and probably redeem myself, so to speak. So, so wait a second. You, you mean you actually miss birds you shoot at? what come on man i thought believe, we, believe we hit not, everything we hit happen. everything <laughs> even with a pointing dog as prepared as yeah. they say you should be um believe it or not these birds are still you know wild and on oh yeah land and they, they have a mind of their own oh man i every time i hear of like a bird miss i go back to this past season i was uh where was i kansas or nebraska i forget i think i was very southern nebraska hunting on the border of, of kansas and uh, i just went out with my dog and i and uh, it was a layup, a layup rooster, actually two flushed at one time. They kind of split off in my mind. I'm like, oh, all right, I'm going to take the one on the left for whatever reason. And then I'll take the one on the right. I was feeling so confident, blew both my shots on, on the one on the left. And it, I couldn't have been more than 10, 15 yards. If that I just kept on going. So I don't, under, I don't understand why that is the way that it is. But for me as well, Will, is it seems like most of the shots I miss are the layups. It's, yeah. That is the one my dog holds the best point on and the oh. gun decides to go click or whatever. Yep. It, it, oh, just gut wrenches me <laughs> every yeah. time I think about it. Um, okay. Uh, sorry, last thing on this. I don't want to spend too much time, but just what, oh, what made you want to start this like was it a something you heard about someone try or like what made you like hey I want to set this goal for myself yeah absolutely so that's a great question Will and you know what really kind of spiraled this whole thing is um I'm probably going to butcher what the what the whole goal was but Anthony Farrow of Fetching Feathers I don't know if you're familiar with him he's pretty prominent on Instagram in the Upland community but he in 2019 I believe he harvested a goal I think it was six species um, in six seasons or something like that. I mean, it, it yeah, was I a, vaguely remember a, something like that. Yeah. It was a phenomenal, I, I wish I could remember it. And it's sad that I can't because it was, it was a, it was a feat that many people don't accomplish, Sure. but I heard this and it just, it kind of got my gears going as far as, you know, you've bird hunted your whole life. You've shot tons of pheasants and other species. What can you do now that you're developing as a hunter and getting older and have my own bird dog now? to just, to just do something different. And I said, so I, so I came up with, well, we have 99 counties in Iowa. Why don't you push yourself and try to grow as a person? We all grow when we're uncomfortable. Right. So why don't you try to push yourself and go to places you've never seen and in your own state hunt hunt types of habitat you've never hunted before and things like that. And, and uh, so that kind of got, that kind of got me thinking about it, but it was actually at that pheasant fest in Minneapolis Um, in 2020 last year in February, I actually met with Anthony up there and he said, well, you're going to document this journey. Right. And I I just kind (laughs) of laughed at him. I said, no, no, absolutely not. I'm going to (laughs) accomplish this. I'm going to look back and be like, you know, 
gosh, me and my dog are pretty badass, and we did this, <laughs> but we live in Iowa, and Iowa's kind of, you know, a flyover state, which some people think, and and he's like, no, dude, like, I think that people are going to want to follow this journey and this process. You need to document it. That's awesome. And um, I'm not big on, like, Facebook and those other accounts, sure. but I, I love Instagram, and I love taking pictures. I'm not great at it, but I enjoy it. And so um, it was a little bit after the Pheasant Fest that I came up with the Iowa Bird Chaser name and just said, well, Anthony said I need to document it, so I better document it. <laughs> so I don't want to give all the credit to him, but at the same time, <laughs> he gave you me know, a nudge. If, if I gave me a nudge. Yeah, if I wouldn't have ran into him and had that little push by him to say, dude, you're inspiring me just hearing about this. Um, you need to you need to showcase it and show it to all of us as you go through this because there are going to be so many ups and there's going to be way more downs and i think that's what's lacking in the upland community especially in social media is everybody wants to show the picture of all the birds on the tailgate but what happens between opening day and getting those birds on the tailgate there's a lot that happens and there's a lot of guys that aren't telling that story and so through my instagram stories um, I'm trying to kind of showcase that a little better. And then I do have a YouTube channel, um, which that's where my main passion is, even though mm. I'm not great at it, my YouTube account, um, that's, that's where I put my heart and in, in soul into these videos and really showing like me yeah, out was, there, the raw. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I was scrolling through some of your, your videos and, and, uh, checking out some of your YouTube stuff. And I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more. I want to back up a little bit though. Um, before we move ahead on, uh, just tell me a little bit about um did you grow up hunting did you did you grow up in a hunting family were you uh they call uh, an adult onset hunter like just tell me a little bit your story like how and why are do you have a bird dog why do you love upland hunting and and i know you do some other kind of hunting as well um so maybe expand on that a little bit so well i really appreciate you asking me that question because i've been on a few podcasts i think that's something that i have not touched on enough and that's my own doing i just have not thought on it but i did grow up hunting pretty much my whole life now, one caveat to that I want to say is me and my dad, and I tease my dad for this, but me and my dad bird hunted pretty much since almost I could walk, I would follow him around. Then when I got a little older, I'd carry a BB gun. And after him and my brother and uncle and those guys would shoot birds, I'd get to, shoot, it was already dead, but I would get to shoot it with the BB, <laughs> BB gun to feel him forward. Give you that confidence. You know, right. And eventually, you know, that got into middle school where I got my own shotgun, but, um, you know, it was just critical for me growing up hunting that instilled the passion. But what I wanted to comment on is even though I've hunted my whole life, I have not become I, smart's the wrong word, but I have not become an educated hunter until the past couple of years. And what I mean by that is me and dad always knew where the birds were. And so we'd go hunt and we'd shoot the birds and we'd come home. We never looked at what, what kind of crop are they next to? What kind of habitat are they in? What, what's the weather like this or that? We just, we just knew where to go and we knew where to go from scouting, I guess. Dad kind of knew walking around, knocking on doors with farmers. We're now becoming more of a public land hunter. I've had to learn different species of plants, different grasses and understand habitat a lot more to become successful in this public land field. So um, I, ju- I just think that's important for me to touch on is just because I'm a lifelong hunter, I don't think a lot of my success is equated to being a lifelong hunter. The only thing that that instilled in me was my passion for hunting and now becoming more educated and learning with tools like Onyx and different apps and different, you know, um, YouTube and 
different hunters showcasing tips and tricks for us. We all learn from each other, I think. And um, that's really what's helped me grow in the past few years as far as, as far as hunting. Um, So even though I have been a lifelong hunter, I I didn't grow up on, on all that. Yeah. And as far as uh, you just touched on hunting, some other things, my main focus is bird hunting. I love bird hunting. We grew up hunting pheasant. That was what we did. Dad was never a deer hunter. Um, So deer hunting's just been new to me since about 2017. It's something I've gotten into. I just got my first buck this last year. I've just, I'm, oh, I'm mainly congrats. a meat hunter. Thank you. That's it's awesome. just a small one, but um, you know, I'm mainly a meat hunter. So sure. I go out there and just try to harvest some meat to put in the freezer. Yeah. And then of course we do the turkey and the pheasant as well. So we do hunt multiple species. I, I try to do some coyote hunting. <laughs> I've done that for about two and a half years. I got the nice e electronic call and everything, but uh, I, no I luck yet. Figure that out. Okay. They holler back at me. They, oh, they're well, about a hundred yards and they'll, you're, get, you're getting close. But, I just cannot get them called in. Yeah. Well, if you can hear them, that means you're getting closer. So, so keep yeah. at it. <laughs> keep at it. Um, I, so I, you touched on Turkey. I was going to ask you about that. Um, I think this afternoon you posted a picture of your hand next to a Turkey track, dude, that thing was huge. So that track was unreal. <laughs> so in that moment, I, I have been corrected. In that moment, I thought I had come upon God's largest turkey. I did and too. I, thought, I was freaking there's out. There's no way we are not hunting this opening day. Opening day is Monday in Iowa for us, the 12th. Uh-huh. There's Monday. no way we are not pulling the boat in here and hunting this bird. Uh-huh. Well, I've had a couple people reach out to me since on Instagram that have informed me graciously of them. <laughs> they were not being know-it-alls. Sure. They have graciously informed me that that was a blue herring track. And I have done oh. some Google research and they are correct that that is a blue herring track. Okay. Okay. But next to those, which was not on my Instagram, there were, were some, some other... true turkey tracks. Okay. <laughs> but yes, next to my hand, when I saw that, I am thinking, yep, we just found Godzilla. I, I, I never, I was like, oh, that's hundred percent turkey. I'm like, this dude I is going to find a 35 pound bird or something <laughs> absolutely well i completely agree and in the general one of the i had two people reach out and the first one that reached out said i am not trying to be a jerk and know sure. it all that, well, but i nice. hunted turkeys two years ago and i saw all these tracks on a sandbar and i thought i found the honey hole yeah. and it turned out they were blue herrings <laughs> so he said learn sense. from okay. my experience when i'm sitting there trying to call blue herrings yeah. and nothing showed up and so I did a quick Google search and I was like, I think that gentleman is correct. That makes but sense. regardless, that, that is a massive. It was cool. Track. It was a cool a track. track. <laughs> um, I also staying on Turkey for a minute. I wanted to ask you, so it looks like you've been doing a lot of work. You have like a little John boat or a little uh, trolling boat. Yeah. Um, so I just got a little 16 foot John boat, 20 horse awesome. motor. So are you, so how are you using that to hunt Turkey? Are you just using that to get further quicker or how are you using that in conjunction with hunting turkey so a lot of the land that i actually hunt is accessible by foot but what i do is i hunt large sections usually hundreds if not thousands of acres that line rivers and i use the boat to access different areas that guys are not willing to walk into okay there you go i feel like a lot of guys are not willing most guys are not willing to walk more than a mile and a half, two miles into the timber. If you get two miles back into the timber, you're usually going to get into some untouched territory. Okay. Now I have walked four to five miles back into timber and thought I have, I'm the only one here scout around, make my little makeshift blind. And then right when I'm ready to leave, I see boot tracks in the mud and I'm like, really oh, not the only one. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so really it's just more about trying to come in from a different angle that other guys don't think about or don't have the capability to do. Cause you know, I, I, I have just been recently um, turned on to having a boat. So prior to that, I was the guy on, on boot as well, having to hike in. Gotcha. Gotcha, dude. That's awesome. Good luck this season. Um, it starts on a Monday. Is that right? So our first season goes Monday through Thursday. Yep. Oh, okay. So, so like they have short little seasons. So we do. Yeah. In Iowa, the first season is about four days. I think the second one maybe goes for five to seven. And then the third season's maybe 10 days. And then fourth season, we get about a month. So, gotcha. so they just, they go in, they kind of stagger a little longer each season. Okay. Now, depending on what season I choose to go to, um, really depends on what I'm seeing in the timber. A lot of times, if it gets warmer faster and we're getting a lot of rain and a lot of heat, the grass and the timber and stuff will get taller faster. So we, sometimes in these spots by second season, the grass is a foot tall. And by the time you sit down, you can't even see. Oh, wow. um, so a lot of that dictates um, when I go. I will just throw this in. Um if anybody's listening in Turkey hunts, take note of this. A couple of years ago, me and my dad were like, for sure, we're going first season, no matter what uh-huh. went and bought our tags. Iowa this time of year can be hit and miss with weather. And those four days it snowed all oh. four days. And those birds were non-responsive and were not mating or doing anything. Oh, geez. Then our hands were cuffed until we could get to fourth. Se- in Iowa, you can hunt one season first through third. Okay. And then everybody can hunt fourth as well. If oh, you okay. want so if you, so, so since you already got the first season, you had to wait all the way. Yep. Last so month. you got to wait a good about month or three weeks until fourth season again. So there's a lot of guys in the timber, a lot of grass growing, a lot of things change in that sure. time. That's, that's um, a good amount of time so, for things to, to start shifting around. So we've changed our mind to now, basically our, our opening day is on Monday. Okay. Since I'm a resident, you know, there's no limit on tags. So we'll go sure. get our tag on Friday or Saturday once we can see what the weather forecast is going to gotcha. look like. Oh, that's now, smart. luckily, I have a job where I can kind of float as far as work goes, and I can make last-minute decisions like that, and my yeah. dad can float with his job as well. Nice. Um, but we'll we'll try to stay hunting during the week, especially early, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in any season, even pheasant, because sure. a lot of people are at work those days, and you Absolutely. don't have a lot of pressure. Absolutely. I used to, uh, I used to have a work schedule where I was off on Thursdays and Fridays. And then a long time ago, I had a schedule. I was off on like Mondays and Thursdays. Ooh, it was, it was actually, nice. it was really nice for, for hunting purposes. It was, I would see no one out there. And if I did, yeah. it was some really old retired guy who was super nice. So yep. meet some cool people. Um, okay. I want to transition to that fur ball. You got sitting over your left shoulder over there. I was going to adjust the curtain earlier. I'm thinking, Oh gosh, that's annoying me. It's not closed oh, all the way. I'm thinking, that's, that's what she does. She looks out the yeah. window and moves the curtain. I, I now think she, she knows just, we're talking yeah. about her. I think I was going to say, I think she heard us uh, making fun of her <laughs> or me making fun of her. Um, okay. <laughs> tell us, tell us a little bit about your dog. And is, is it correct? It's a German wire hair pointer. So it's actually a wire hair pointing griffin. So wire a little different, looks okay. a lot like a German wire hair pointer. I, I actually cannot tell them apart in my NABDA group. And I think okay. I offend some people because of that. <laughs> um, but this, yeah, this is a wire hair pointing griffin. She just turned three here at the end of March. Um, and she is on really about her second full season of bird hunting. Her first year, we didn't really take her out too much. Just wanted to take a moment and thank Dakota 283. If you're looking for your next kennel, 
a forever puppy insert, and only want to buy one kennel for the rest of your dog's life, then look no further than Dakota283.com. Be sure to use my promo code TUR10 for 10% off your order today. Okay. Okay. Right on. Is this your first bird dog or have you had dogs growing up or prior or did, is this your first one? So growing up, dad had some bird dogs. He had a Brittany, um, German short hair, and he always did a lot of training with those dogs himself. So I, I was never involved in that. Um, and it was never really formal. It was just more or less if the dog can go out there and find a bird to the point where we know we can walk up and flush it and shoot it. That's sure. we never really did retrieve for training or anything like that. Um, but I still just still hunting with those dogs and seeing like, Oh my gosh, that, that dog just went out there and found a bird. And then we shot it like that part. It all goes back into me walking around with that BB gunning and, and instilling that passion and just seeing the enjoyment um, or, or I guess feeling the enjoyment of seeing the dog work and then get the, getting the reward yeah. at the end. Um, so this is my first bird dog. Okay. Uh, and, and what led you to this breed? Did you, know exactly what you wanted did you shop around and, and re- do your research or, or what was kind of your thought process around getting your first dog so that's a great question this this is my first bird hunting dog but prior to this i had a german short hair pointer that i rescued at two years old that my plan was to become a bird dog okay. and that dog was gun shy and that was oh. the last dog we had when i was in high school as a german short hair pointer and that was kind of the main breed we had growing up other than the one Brittany, and um, so was always a big GSP fan, you know, as many bird hunters are, that's a very popular breed. Uh, but my dad had transitioned to the Griffins because they're a little more hyperallergenic mm. and they don't shed as much as the GSPs. Oh, nice! And so my dad had his dog for about a year and I had hunted behind it with him and just saw how good it worked and how great of a dog it was. Um, that I said, man, you know, when I'm ready to get one, I, I gosh, I, I'm probably not going to go with the GSP. I'll probably go with the Griffin. And the other thing too, is the GSPs. I mean, the German short hairs, a lot of those dogs, and this isn't a knock on them. It just is what it is, is those are high, high, high energy dogs. And I mean, yes. you can run those dogs yes. for an hour oh, and that's just getting two them hours. Yeah. Up. <laughs> exactly. Hours just getting them warmed up and they're exactly. ready. Yeah. Like you said, well, they're ready for that second hour, that third yep. hour. That's when they're really breaking in. Sure. Um, and not that these guys are, are, you know, not as high energy because they have plenty of energy and can go all day. The energy is never an issue with them, but they just, they're more chill. If you're chill at night, they're chill. They don't need well, that. Yeah. She is them. like, she is basically passed out just on top of your yeah, couch. She's just chilling out the window. And That's... unfortunately she hasn't had a walk or anything today. It's wow. been kind of a, a hectic day just with sure. turkey scouting season coming up. Um, she's, She's kind of just been chilling. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Talk about kind of like what's her hunting style? Is she close range, far range? And also what training have you done? Or did you use a, a pro trainer? Like talk a little bit about the training side. Yeah, so I'm all, um, as far as training goes, you know, I'm all self-trained. Um, she, a lot of my training comes from just community training. And what I mean by that is just, people like you, myself, everybody giving me their different opinions and just trying different things and seeing what works and rolling with that. Mm. Now the Griffin, in my opinion, is a very, I don't want to say very, cause that's a strong word, but they're a slower, more methodical hunter okay. and more of a closer range dog. So 50 yards is getting out there for the, for, for the ones that I have seen. Sure. Now, don't get me wrong. Cause when I say this, a lot of GSPs, I feel like a good GSP can range 75, hundred yards all day. And when they find a bird, they'll lock down and wait for you to walk hundred yards. Sure. Sure. 
these dogs, they like to be more, you know, I'd say 40, 50 yards is kind of right in their wheelhouse. They don't ever get super close. You know, they're not working 20 yards in front of you sure. where you're, you're it yourself. stepping on them. Yeah. 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 But they like to get out there. But what I have learned on the ones that I have seen is they're more of a methodical hunter and they like to take their time. So you cannot rush these dogs, at least my dog, you cannot rush it. So once you start to learn their body language, like we all know our dog's body language. Yep. Once you start to learn her nose is up, she's getting on a scent. I just stop and I just let her figure it out. Let her just, you know, sometimes she'll go to the right. And I think guys will just start walking to the right because their dog went to the right. Well, a lot of times she'll come back, you know, and it's till they get on that track, right? Because yeah. they smell it, but they're figuring out exactly yeah. where did that bird Which go. direction, yep. Yep. So they're a little more, um, yeah, slower, methodical. Um, and then as far as the training goes, that's just been, I'm I'm part of uh, a, NAV, a local NAVDA group. And then I also have a good friend that I've met um, through mutual friends who uh, ends, ended up also having griffins. And he lives on the Western side of the state. So it's quite a bit of a drive, but we'll get together every couple months and, and kind of put our dogs through some, some different obstacles. Nice. Right on, man. I just want to use it as an opportunity. You said something really key, I think, especially to any, any like new hunters, new dog owners who are, who are out there. I think the thing you said was uh, uh, watch, watch your dog's body language, pay attention to it and learn it. I'm just kind of summarizing there. I think that's really, really key, but also kind of, don't get in your dog's space either. I think a lot of times, I mean, I know I'm, I'm guilty of this hundred percent when I was you know, starting out. And I think I've, I've learned a little bit since, but you got to kind of let your dog do its thing. It, it, you, you said it, it's going to the left. And a lot of guys are going to be like, Oh my gosh, I need to run over to the left. Well, just watch your dog, see what they're doing. Cause chances are they're going to come back to the right. They're going to go forward behind cause they're trying to figure things out. So um, yeah, just a, I don't know unsolicited advice to anyone i think pay attention to your dog's uh, body language for sure well and and, and just <clears throat> i tease my dad all the time because he has a great dog as much as i bust his balls sometimes for different little twerks his dog has just like my own what i tell him all the time is he'll just get walking and he's just watching up and i'll look at him and i say what are you looking at and he'll go well, well i don't know i'm walking and i say exactly the dog is the hunter. The dog is going to find the bird before us. So follow watch the what dog. the dog is doing. Not only follow it, but does the dog look excited? Is it yeah. like, you know what I mean? Because sometimes yeah. their tails get going when they yeah. start tracking. Yeah. And he's such in this old school mindset of, of how I explained sure. us growing sure. up is the birds are going to be here and we just walk and all of a sudden they'll flush and we'll shoot yeah. them. Well, it's changed. We're on public land now, dad. Sure. And we're like, it, you not that ready. we're taking it more serious. But you need to be more ready. Yeah, you got to be um, more ready. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because if you're not watching your dog, and because like uh, to gauge my my older one, he when he gets birdie, you can see muscles just puff up in his in his hind legs and his shoulders. He gets a little bit about two or three inches lower, and I'm like, oh, I love that. Here, they, here they... we go. Here we yep. go. It's it's an exciting feeling. Um, but if I was if I was if I was being a little careless, I would miss that. And then a bird's going to flush and, and I'm like, oh, shoot, <laughs> miss that one. And I think sometimes those dogs can even miss it. But if you see that little, their tail goes for a yeah. minute, but they lose that scent. Whoa, 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 wait, wait yep. a minute. Come back over here, totally. girl. You can kind of work, work together. this for me. Work this for me. We're exactly. a team. And then boom, she'll pick back up on it. And you're like, you know, 
I'm glad I was watching. Absolutely. It's a, it's a team effort. I mean, I, I trust the dog way more than myself, but yeah, it's a good point. Um, any, uh, any goals you have for this off season with your dog? I think I saw you, are you doing a little, uh, force fetching or how's that going? So, uh, I'm not, so Tyler with ringnecks and retrievers is helping me through some cornerstone gun dog stuff oh, nice. and they call it, condi- I, I believe they call it like condition, like hold, hold conditioning, something like something. that. Okay. Um, so, so basically my dog is great at fetching. She loves to fetch, but she's been dropping the birds like three feet from me. Oh, okay. She brings them all the way to me, knows I'm going to say release like, and just drop, drops it and is ready to go hunt. And I'm like, well, you know, that little bit of style piece. I'm sure, like, sure. bring it to me until I say <laughs> release. So I was talking to, to Tyler about that. And he said, maybe kind of go back to some basics, start with this and work it work it back up so um admittedly we've kind of taken a little bit of a break as turkey season is (laughs) taking over it's um but we've been we've we've kind of gotten to a progression where basically she'll hold the bumper for an extended period of time um and eventually this will transition into me throwing it her bringing the bumper back to me holding it until i say release and then that should transition into the field right um, as far as retrieving is she she taken to it well she actually has. Uh, I know people have mixed opinions on training, clicker training with treats and things of that nature. Um, she's I very receptive. It. I love it. <laughs> I do too. I love the clicker. Um, she she's very receptive to food, as many dogs are. Uh, in the in the biggest thing, if anybody is training with a clicker out there right now, the biggest thing I can, if I can give you two pieces of advice, is is if you are taking that next step to something a little more challenging, and all of a sudden that dog is not paying attention or isn't interested anymore switch from like your peanut butter treats to some beef jerky or something like legit some steak nice. Nice. i guarantee you that dog is gonna start doing what you wanted to change the treat yeah uh, I, I do the same thing on some of the easier stuff i use cheap things sure. and then she wasn't kind of doing what i wanted to do and i was trying to add on more it. steps and then i i went out and bought some little steak bites and there you go anything for those oh, steak. dude anything i asked <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> You figured out her love language. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I did, and I know a lot uh, of people get mixed opinions and they're like, well, how's food going to, you know, correlate to the field? Well, guess what? I can tell you my dogs, I have a dog that doesn't hunt as well. They drool the minute you open a beef jerk, human beef jerk oh, sure. package. But my hunting dog, no matter how good beef jerky is to her, <laughs> a bird of any kind will always be her oh, ultimate reward. Way, That's what she better. wants way better that's that's and their so thing. The, so you don't they're not gonna not want to go get that pheasant because they're not getting that steak treat you're giving them right there I, I don't think they're correlating that in the field when their drive is up and bird was just shot all, like yeah they're they, they forget have one, about they it. have a one track mind out there yep 100 percent um i want to transition a little bit to um a little bit of um here's my question you have a level of enthusiasm i will say You've been putting out some just some fun content out there. Some of your Instagram reels, uh, some of your YouTube videos. I think when you shot a deer or something, something happened. Maybe it was a bird. Dude, you just like went off the rails. You were so excited. Like, yeah, I can't believe it. Um, that's that's fun to watch, man. And I think um, I think sometimes we can we can take this sometimes a little too serious. Um, so my question, included. Yeah, yeah. So my question really is, just, where does that where's that enthusiasm come from? Because it's it's contagious. Well, I appreciate that, Will, and, and it feels cheesy when I'm doing it and when I'm posting it, but the only reason I continue to do it is I get so many people that tell me that same thing. 
and even though you tell me that, I still think it's cheesy, but I'll do it because it's, you know, it's what people say they want <laughs> sure, to see. Sure, it's fun. But, man. you know, puts a smile on my face. That's me. And that's my passion. But I'll be honest with you. It's not all of it because there are so many low points and maybe I need to get better at posting those low points. But I don't want to be the guy that comes off bitching. I don't want to be the guy that comes off as whining. But I think a lot of my highs come from some of my lows. And that's just like. I there's a there's a YouTube video I have on my account. It's Sat County. And, and I just I don't it might be the one you're referencing to. But I just come unglued when I shot that bird. And that was a might, culmination of like two, two and a half weeks of missing, walking miles, my dog doing everything right and me doing nothing right. Mm. And then I finally connected and it just it 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 just I just came unglued. But that passion comes from every time. I, well, one, I just love what I do. But every time I shoot a turkey, a pheasant, it's like I did it for the first time. And, and I don't know why that is. I think for me, I take such pride in the challenge of hunting anything. I mean, in my opinion, if you've shot one turkey in your life or one deer, one pheasant, you've accomplished something that many people will never accomplish in their life. So true. And not only killing something, but just what it, you know what it takes, Will, as a hunter yeah. to do any of that stuff. So you're talking about understanding the, the habitat, understanding the dog, the, the hunting strategy. Like there's so many. Just being layers. patient. Yeah. Being yeah, patient. The, yeah. Sitting there for two hours, picking your nose, being bored out of your mind, saying there's nothing here. And then the yeah. last 20 minutes, it just all unfolds in front of you. Absolutely. Dude, that's that's awesome. No, I, I love it. Puts a smile on my face every time I, I see that enthusiasm. I'm like, man, I, I love it. I mean, I think we all have our our thing, you know, when a when a bird's down or, or we we harvest that game, um, something inside of us that goes off, but but seeing that visible reaction is is really fun. And I the one thing I want to sh- that hopefully comes through with all that is I'm a big kid at heart. I'm 33 years old, but you know what? You don't have to be the hard ass that my dog went on point. It did the right thing. Bring me the bird. Good job. So go, go hunt again. You know what? That that dog is on cloud nine when it retrieves that bird. Act like a nine-year-old. Good girl. Yeah. Come on, good girl. I love you. It's supposed Look to be fun. Now. She's getting all excited. Yeah, she's like, we going hunting? I, I have some friends. I tease them. I say, dude, you're such a hard ass. It's like, yeah, good job. Bring me, bring me the, bring me the toy. You did a good job. And I'm like, Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know inside you're proud and that's, that's like your son, right? Break exactly. down and show me how much show you really some emotion. Care. Yeah. Just show some emotion. You don't tell me your first bird dog ever. It's first shot and retreat. You didn't about freaking get teary. Oh Come my on. gosh. I, I took a million pictures, photos. The was... proudest moment of oh your gosh. life. hundred <laughs> percent. Don't take ourselves too serious people. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a takeaway from the night. <laughs> And, and, and to, to wrap this section up, yeah. to put a bow on it, I challenge you, Will, and everybody else out there, and Tyler with Ring Nights and Retrievers, we've tried to kind of spearhead this. All of you guys, let's get on Instagram. Let's make some of these fun reels. You know, I know these younger kids are on TikTok doing their thing, whatever. Oh, yeah, but yeah. You know what? Let's have some fun in the Upland community. Everybody wants to post their bird dog on point, oh, the, the tailgate full of birds. You know what? I know, I know your dog ain't obedient as you try to show yeah. that it is show totally. me show me your dog taking off in the backyard after yeah. a squirrel or something it's a normal dog exactly <laughs> or how about uh you know last night when our uh uh gunner 
uh, busted through the dog run uh, gate and we thought <laughs> killed one of our chickens. Oh, shoot. <laughs> no, real story. My wife calls me in tears. Kids are all crying in the background. And she's like, babe, I can't find the chicken. Gunner's loose in the backyard. There's feathers everywhere. I was going to say, she probably saw feathers is what feathers. probably triggered her, so right? I'm, I'm, literally, I'm at work. It was one of my late nights. I'm like, I can't talk right now. I'll call you in a little bit. And so I'm putting these pieces of the story together. She didn't <laughs> mention blood and she didn't mention bones. And Gunner's a 31 pound Brittany. I'm like, there's no way he could have ate that thing whole <laughs> with, with no <laughs> blood or bones. So I call her back. I'm like, honey, look under the deck. It's she's she's probably scared shitless and she probably ran under the deck or flew over a fence or something. So sure enough, an hour later, after the dogs are all put away now, here comes her name is Sunny, the chicken. Here comes Sunny waddling out from under the deck. <laughs> she knew where her safe spot was. Sunny. Oh, 100 percent. But all that to say in the moment, I was cussing out my dog. She was cussing out my dog. She's like, get rid of this thing. We're done with it. <laughs> yep. So there's some there's some moments funny now, but um yeah what's so funny about that will is is as mad as we are as humans in that moment that dog is only doing what we've trained it to do right exactly he's he's thinking (laughs) he did a great job he he flushed a chicken but we can't (laughs) tell the wives that no no (laughs) (laughs) oh i just i forgot that happened that was uh that was pretty good oh that's Um, funny thanks for sharing that no yeah no i i love what you're saying man just it's not all about that that tailgate photo um uh, again i'm just reiterating what you said but even if you harvest one bird in your life it's an accomplishment it's something to be proud of um, and even again, if it's not on public you know i don't i don't want to put oh, yeah. so much pressure on that public you know absolutely it, it's to to shoot something flying in general a duck a goose a pheasant yeah it, you should be proud of yourself even if you've done that a thousand times you have done enough practice to have that skill to to do something that's not that easy yeah, absolutely. All right, man. I got a couple uh, rapid fire questions. Are you ready for a couple? Uh, yeah. As we close things out here. Um, I, yeah, I don't think we've, we've answered any of these. So, um, all right. You ready? Yeah. If, uh, if not a Griffon, what is your dog of choice for uh, upland hunting? Uh, probably German short hair pointer. Okay. Awesome. Uh, what gun are you carrying out into the field with you? If you could just pick one. For the rest of your life uh i had a remington 870 that i loved but it was a little bit heavy so this last season i just switched to a franke affinity 3 semi-auto i like it so far i carry the rest of my life i don't know yet <laughs> okay okay but i try to pin you down there uh you shooting 12 gauge 20 what are you shooting 12 gauge 12 okay nice nice um let's see favorite species of bird to hunt So you see how fired up I get up when I hunt pheasants, but true. I'm telling you, there is no high like turkey hunting. I've hunted deer. I've sat ah. in a stand to hear a gobble, to hear a bird come down off a roost, to call it in, to see it fan out and strut in front of your decoy, to then shoot it. There is just no sequence and adrenaline rush like turkey hunting. Nice. Well, you kind of answered my next question because I was going to ask uh, between uh, deer hunting, turkey hunting, and upland hunting, which would you choose? I, th- I think do you kind of answer that with turkey. Um, 
honestly, I'd probably go with pheasant because I feel like pheasant offers me more opportunity as far as I, I've, I'm more learning now that I'm ex- being more exposed to public land is there's a lot of opportunity to hunt public um, and pheasants in Iowa where Turkey is a great rush. It's a great adrenaline rush and a great process, but it can all, it can all end in 25 sure. minutes where a pheasant yeah. hunt that can go day. That can go all day. That's true. You just keep walking, find a new field and flush after going. flush after flush. Yep. It just keeps you going. You keep going. Have you, um, there are quail in Iowa. You there are quail. quail. Yep. You got yep. Bob White's there, right? Yep. Nice. Nice. Um, and then have you hunted outside of Iowa at all? Have you just stuck stuck uh to home state so i've elk hunted in colorado and pheasant hunted in south dakota one time okay nice right on man that's awesome well dude that that's the end of my official rapid fire questions um how can people if they want to follow along on this this journey you're on follow you on social media how can they uh, find you get a hold of you anything like that so i'm Iowa bird chaser. I think it's Iowa underscore bird chaser on Instagram, but if you just search Iowa bird chaser, there's, there's just one of us out there. Fortunately right now, at least no gimmicks. Yet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but if you look me up on there, I'm on there. And then, uh, like I said, YouTube, uh, I post a lot of videos on YouTube. They're a little sporadic with the season. So what I do with my pheasant hunting videos is those just kind of wrapped up. So I don't post those until after pheasant season, which our season wraps up January 10th. And one reason I did that is as a pheasant hunter, I go through a withdrawal myself of not being able to hunt pheasant after doing it for months. So I wanted to be able to maybe put some content out there for fellow upland hunters um, to where when we big thunder strike, when we all um, are kind of going through those blues and especially our dogs are sitting at home, looking their wounds and asking us why we're not going out because overnight it literally ends for them like that. Um, we can kind of live through some of those videos and then my deer hunting videos, I've just kind of post sporadically. And then, uh, I'm, I'm going to get more turned in this off season to some gear related videos. I'm a big gear junkie oh, nice, right on. and I, I'll be honest, I've wasted, yes, wasted a lot of money on gear because I don't <laughs> find that there's a lot of good review videos out there of guys that have actually used this product. There's a lot of review videos out there of Instagram guys and different guys that are sponsored and will tell you their opinion (laughs) in quotations sure but um i want to hear from guys like you and myself that have walked the fields have used the product is is it functional is it not functional and so i'm going to kind of be turned on to more of that but bottom line if you follow me on instagram i post anytime i'm putting videos on youtube or anything like that it's all being posted on my instagram okay so you kind of have a heads up of when that's coming i would like to get into a little more routine and schedule with the youtube posting but just in the off season, it's hard to consistently have some videos right now. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Nick, thank you so much just for your time, um, some of your knowledge, sharing your journey, and also just a little bit about your bird dog. It's been fun. Just, yeah, just chatting dogs and, and hunting and getting to know you a little bit more. Well, I appreciate it, Will. You know, it's been awesome following you on Instagram. I've followed you for a while now there on Upland Brits. And of course, I've followed your new channel where you're going to be posting the podcast and stuff at and you know, it's just been an honor when you reached out and asked if I'd come on and kind of be a part of your new venture. You know, it, it, it was an absolute going to do it. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, I just wish all the best of this podcast and anything I can do to kind of help share the word and, and keep things growing for you. I, I'm Dude, that that means a lot. That really does mean a lot. Thanks. Yeah. Your, your response was heck yeah, man. Thanks. You know, sign me up. So <laughs> I, uh, I love it. Really appreciate it. Uh, your time. And uh, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be talking uh, a lot this off season and, uh, We'll see what what, uh, what happens this fall. 
Sounds good. Thank you so much, bro. Thanks so much. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Nick, and I really look forward to having him back on the show again in the future. Remember, rate and review this podcast, share it with a friend, tag us on social media. This is the Upland Rookie Podcast by Upland Brits.